It Takes Two, Muffin Time, and Wide Ocean Big Jacket. This is Staying In. I had an incredible bath experience the other day. <laughs> oh, there was. Um, did you see in the news today? Um, there was a story about baths. I'll, I'll knock it up while you're blathering on about whatever it was that you had in the bath. But apparently, and I, this is just off the top of my head, and I'll get the proper facts later. But apparently, if you like sit in a bath for half an hour, it's the equivalent of going to the gym. A bath, a bath of what? As someone who very much enjoys a nice long bath, I'm. I think a case study in that that not being true well this is the thing like it has i think from my uh limited knowledge which i'm intending to improve quite quickly um i i think it's the effect it has on your muscles rather than weight loss uh. yeah mm. i can attest to that definitely um mm. although i have lived in a variety of places with different qualities of bath uh some not having a bath whatsoever Others, you know, it's so compact, your legs are just poking out of every single possible way. But I've really upped the bath game now, gents. I've just sent you a little image. Mm. That is a, a projector that I borrowed. And uh, I've rigged up a beautiful time-lapse starscape there. So picture picture this, picture this. Right. Chris Darby. Oh Sat there, uh, lights off, this projector of the starscape on Spotify, the floating through space playlist, keeping on brand. And I was trying to capture, do you remember in that previous pod where I spoke about when I went into that flotation tank? Yeah. I've realized every time I've gotten into a bath or any body of water since then, I've tried to recreate that moment. And I've realized as I've gotten older, I'm putting a lot more effort into the prep for a bath beyond just running the tap, making sure the plug's in and making sure the water's not too hot. So like I, I've dabbled in candles uh, my sister, who who constantly gets given bath gifts for birthdays or Christmas, she just can't stand baths. So I get them all every time I see her. So I've got a backlog of all these various different fizzy bath bombs and um, shower creams and all of this jazz. So I'm, I'm just trying to get through them, really. And mm. uh, I found that I've, you know, I've, I've really started to kind of curate the bath experience a little bit more. That sounds good. Well, well. You can make it even better. So I've looked into a bit of this research that was released this morning. So a hot bath can yeah. bring about certain benefits similar to those of aerobic exercise. Uh, also, uh, it's thought to be an antidepressant too and can shown as to decrease the risk of dementia as well. Um, the, the caveat here, Chris, unfortunately, is that the the... <laughs> The author's study recommends sitting up to your shoulders in a hot tub that is heated to approximately 40 degrees centigrade for an hour. I mean, there are two problems with me. With that. <laughs> what? You're too short and you don't like heat. Yeah. No, no my, my bath is too short. And yeah, I don't like heat. You're absolutely right, Sam. Like uh, on those rare occasions where I've been to a spa, a sauna and a steam room. Oh, my gosh. They're great for a short period, but like I, I do start to wobble oh, a bit. Oh no! I love, I love being in a sauna or a steam room. I especially like steam rooms. I've got to be honest, and just sit in there for forty-five minutes and just forty-five let it minutes all come out. Oh yeah! 
Oh, yeah. And you just feel so sleepy and like feeling great about the whole experience. Like you just feel like your pores opening up, everything just going out out onto you. And drinking water just to keep replenishing it. Oh, my God. Like I think in a previous life I was like a toad in a jungle. Yeah, or a tea bag. I mean, (laughs) that's incredible. I was actually in a hot tub the other day. Oh my gosh! Because I was, I was, I was on holiday. I, I've Ooh. taken a holiday, everyone. Oh my mm. word! How dare you! I know it's it's. How oh, it was so good. I mean, we <laughs> we only went to Yorkshire, but but what a lovely area! Even saying that, we went to uh, a wonderful part of the world where they filmed the railway children. Um. Which immediately has sparked so much delight and yeah. <laughs> recognition. Mean, yeah, no, I mean, Jenny, I, think I, get to, I just picture the kids on the fence waving. That's all I remember of that film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it's the only period in my life that I've got slightly excited at trains. Um, because where we were staying, we looked out on the hill. And at the weekends, they actually have an old steam train that does like this loop around around Yorkshire mm. and you can and you can see it going off and you see oh everyone's like standing on the hills or going down to the train stations like to go and see the steam train and you can hear the like the little toot toot and he, and even though my little son is is slightly obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine mm-hmm. he he didn't care one jot about it but I was like sitting there and I had the timetable <laughs> I had the <laughs> <laughs> oh I yeah the, i had the train timetable yeah. open on my phone and you ran around and i was and i was standing i was standing by the wall looking at the tunnel waiting for the train to come out and everyone was just like sam sam we, we, we're gonna we're gonna be playing some games yeah the train will be here in 10 minutes don't worry <laughs> like 30 minutes later it's here it's here <laughs> amazing my, my my sister took my nephew to the train station Funnily enough, the other day to see a steam engine, you know, because as, as, as kids growing up, there's this particular train station, Arley, which we'd go to. And as a child, I was obsessed with steam engines, like a lot of kids are, like Thomas the Tank Engine and things. And it was so, it's quite a lovely image. We've got this lovely image of my nephew perplexed by this steam engine as it's kind of hoving into view. <laughs> and I sent my sister a text message. And I think I might have been with you at the time, Sam, actually, saying, oh, I bet you're having a really lovely time. It's a really special moment for, you know, my nephew seeing his steam engine. And my sister said, yes, it was until the whistle blew. And suddenly (laughs) eight (laughs) days worth of crap (laughs) that my nephew had been holding up, holding in, (laughs) just decided to expel itself at that moment. I don't think it was yeah I, yeah I I think there was a direct correlation it wasn't I don't think it was coincidence Chris oh, God. toot toot um, eight days wow <laughs> <laughs> um, bless him my sister's partner's like we need to get him changed and Holly's like no a bit like you Sam no the train's just here we need him to see the train <laughs> save for the train damn the consequences <laughs> you don't realise. We'll all be electric and floating in Elon Musk's worm tunnel. 
by the time. <laughs> My least favourite prog rock band, that Elon Musk's worm Elon tunnel. Musk's worm tunnel. <laughs> um, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. <laughs> so, 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 how how is Yorkshire? Because obviously, being being UK based. And being sort of the way that the world is at the moment, I think a lot of holidays are going to be very much based in Britain, I think, yes. for the next mm-hmm. year or so, I would say, like generally. And like, I think this is what a lovely opportunity, you know, silver linings to go and see different parts of the UK, you know, Wales and, and, and Scotland, Northern Ireland, um, going to see like bits of England that you've not seen before. What's Yorkshire like? Would you recommend it? Of course I would. Yorkshire's yeah. beautiful. I would have recommended it before the times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was very, it was extremely hilly. Yeah. Extremely it's hilly. famous for it. Famous for it. Yeah. Um, but exceptionally, exceptionally beautiful. And the people were absolutely lovely. I think mainly because they were just happy to have other people around. Yeah. We, we stayed near this little village called Haworth. And it's got this very famous, like, cobble stoned high street and it's even got a shop that sells nothing but sweets and jigsaws um so it, i mean it's it's that kind of place it was um terribly idyllic quaint yeah it was quaint and also they were filming the new railway children whilst we were there oh my gosh so it was all it was all very thrilling and exciting is that what it's called I think it's called The Return of the Railway Children. Who are these railway children and why do we care about what they do? <laughs> the railway children fight back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> railway, railway children to electric tootaloo. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the, the, the biggest delight was that the few of us were able to actually go away in the family for like the first time in, in a while. So it was really good to actually like play games that catered for more than three people Mm. (laughs) Um, because you just haven't done that in ages and like I I took an embarrassing load of games with me just because I was just terribly excited of (laughs) like there are people now there's an audience and um, yeah it was it was an absolute joy and we got to play a couple of things that we haven't played before like um, we played a game called Master Word which is from Scorpion Masque, which I realise I've been pronouncing wrong for a long time. The same publisher that made Stay Cool and Decrypto. Um, so we've spoken about a bit of their stuff before, but this is um, this is new, and this is like it's a word game, and I, I've been I've been sort of anchoring to play this for for a while with a big group, and I think it's something that. Um, Hopefully, we're going to be getting together for the UK Boards Games Expo later on this month, and it's something that I might bring down with me because I think it could be for that weekend, be, um, be a quite interesting experience, and I'll, and I'll explain why in a second. Uh, but how Master Word works is essentially you have someone who holds the Master Word, so um, you'll you'll pick a card from this deck, and it'll give you a category like animal, and then you will see what animal that is. So say, for example, fish, and then that's it. And then everyone else who's playing then has to try and guess what the master word is. And it's quite nice to play a game like this, a deduction game where it's cooperative. Um, So a bit like something like Mysterium, where you're all kind of um, 
working together to try and get um, to the same goal. But unlike Mysterium, I think Master Word feels a lot more collaborative in that respect. Mm -hmm. So what everyone else does is they have these little dry wipe um, pieces of card and and a little pen, and they write on it something like, you know, lives in jungle or... Um, a carnivore or, you know, eat on a Friday. And then they put all that underneath where the, 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 the master worder sits. And then they basically will put down at the edge, at the side of that line, a number of tokens, depending on how many of those things correlate with what the actual thing or word is. Um, so, you know, for example... From that example, probably just one. I don't think fish are carnivores, are they? Some of them are. Piranhas. Have you seen the Meg? Oh, right, okay. Fair point, Chris. Um, And then, basically, then they go again. So based on knowing that, right, there are two things in those three things that are related to what this thing is. So let's try and deduce from that what possibly this this word could be. So it's a bit like a mastermind. Yeah. Um, all those that. word puzzles where it's just like three of these letters are correct, two of them aren't. Carry on going until you manage to figure out what um, what the word is. And it was, I think, deduction games always get a bit of a binary response, yeah. especially in my family. I think they definitely have a bit of a. Um, a hard time in my family but i think what master word does which is really really interesting and i think gives it a bit of longevity and makes me want to take it away with a week for a weekend with the same group of people mm. is essentially it has a le- legacy deck so the deck of cards that you get that provide the categories and the words are numbered one to three hundred and they get progressively more difficult so th- the idea of the game essentially is is what, what it feels like anyway is for you to be sitting there and playing it with the same group of That's people. very clever. And I just really liked that, that idea of like this deduction game where you're essentially going to be going on this legacy campaign experience with a group of people developing your own strategies, developing your own sort of like language and grammar, you know, trying to complete things in the fastest time. I think that's a really like it's that's a really compelling prospect for a game for a game like this to get to get to the table. However, though, there was one game that was the star of the week that we were away. And um we've all played Flux, haven't we? Yeah, I love Flux. Yeah. I, I genuinely do, <laughs> yeah. I know. Me and Pete, chalk and cheese. But I, I, there are those card games that I will always return to. And I think it's just, I like the expansion and compression of that game where you'll, you'll suddenly go from having loads of different rules on the table to having very little, like just one rule on the table. And, and I like the unpredictability of that. I really, really do. So Flux is a really unpredictable game where essentially the rules... Of what of how the game plays changes pretty much every time someone puts a card down, and we play a game from Big Potato, which is very much like that. Um, it's called Muffin Time. Now, um, if you're young enough, 
you might know, and I'm going to—is it ASDF movie or as as Duff movie? What ASDF? What words are you using? ASDF. Yeah. Then movie. So this is an online animation. Um, oh yeah. By yeah. Thomas Ridgewell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I recognise it. Well, describe it. What, what's in the movie? What? It. It. Mm. It's a bit like uh, Magical Trevor. Oh, everyone loves Magical Trevor. The trick city does forever so clever. It was that Ebaum's world era yes. of like, hey, let's have flash animations. So early 2000s. So this is this is okay. an incredibly popular web series. I mean, this was this was launched on Kickstarter originally and had like 25,000 backers, which for a Kickstarter board game is is quite a lot. I think it raised over over a million pounds. Um mm. And it is a game a lot like Flux. Like the aim of the game is you just got to start your next turn with 10 cards in your hand and that's it. Hmm. You, you, you draw a card and you put down a card and you play a card each turn. But it's what I think it has over Flux is, and even though we had games that ranged from 20 minutes to I genuinely believe there's a game still going on because we never finished it past the sort of like two, three hour mark. Um, it's the, it has, it has got a, a genuinely really interesting set of um, mechanics that um, really basically mean that it creates this wonderful atmosphere of no one knows what's going to happen next. So, in the game, Muffin Time, it has it's very, very self-referential and you'll be doing things like you'll put a card down and it'll be like, oh, the, the person um, who's not wearing glasses, uh, anyone who's not wearing glasses loses five cards. Um, or it'll be like um, you'll put down a card and it's like everyone stand up. The last person who, the last person standing loses five five cards or it'll be like mini game arm wrestle or thumb wrestle someone the winner gets five cards and i think it's it, like it just little things like that have this really like underlying dynamic to 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 the play but the the actual genius of the of the game is these things called trap cards and these are cards that you put in front of you and basically they'll have a, a statement on it or a criteria and at any point during the game, when anyone meets these criteria, you can spring the trap and it unleashes the thing that whatever it unleashes. And Muffin Time probably has to be one of the only games I've played that that has managed to anticipate every single social convention uh, that went around our table. And and I'm quite hesitant to like say a lot of what the trap cards are because the beauty is is that you turn over a card and went, no, they didn't no, how could they like it's stuff like um uh someone sings a song, they lose ten cards. Hmm. Or um someone searches for something on the internet, they lose cards. Someone looks up something in the rules, they lose cards. That's great. So so my wife was just like, Oh are you Sam, are you are you sure that you can't play two of these cards at once. And I was like, well, um, actually unfolds rules. And then she slaps down a, a trap card and just like, yeah, I've been planning that for a, for a while. Brilliant. It's a bit like um, uh, Don't Get Got, another 
a big potato game yeah. where you've got this overlying sort of very easy, very simple sort of gotcha game where the the rules and the boundaries are changing all the time. But underneath it, you have this wonderful game of like subterfuge where everyone's trying to trick everyone else into into um, into revealing these trap cards. And And I think two more things. There's one where um, my mother-in-law stuck a card to her head and the trap card is if anyone um, doesn't say anything about this trap card, then um, you will lose cards. So we were like on the game and we were like, it's blatantly, it's blatantly going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's blatantly going to be like, if we say anything about that, we're going to lose cards. And so she was like really, really smug when she put it on. There's also a card in there that does the opposite. So if you put it on and you and you do mention it, you lose cards. So it's hmm. it's really reactive in, in, in that way. And I think the 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 one brilliant bit of the game in in it, which showed how much of a success it was, it comes with three blank cards. One for each um basically type of action so there's like the action cards the trap cards and there's these counter cards and they're blank ones so the idea that the game sort of says is that you can make these what you make these what you want we didn't know this when we played it for the first time we just had them randomly shuffled into the deck and my father-in-law had a blank counter card now the counter cards work a bit like um uh, sort of block cards. So if someone tries to do so, like in exploding kittens, there's these cards that someone tries to do something, and you say, "No, I'm not having that." So that's that's what the counter cards do. So he was sitting there with a counter card the whole game, and uh, and it was just blank. There was just nothing on it, and and uh, he had to reveal his hand for something, and we were just like, "What are you doing? That's a blank card." He goes, "No, it's not. That 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 means I can block anything." And so uh. then immediately we got we got a biro out, and we just wrote on it. Just, we just wrote on it in quotation marks. This card blocks everything, and that was that's brilliant. <laughs> and that suddenly became that card. And then what? Muffin Time ended ended up doing when we finished playing a couple of games. We all sat around with these blank cards, and then we had so much fun thinking of like how we could change the game. Like mm. we were getting a bit annoyed by the fact that oh, you know, it takes ages to get to ten cards, and then like someone gets there and someone robs all your hands, and it's like really frustrating. So we actually developed cards as a group, like a very small mini game jam, into how we could like. Well, why don't we have a card where? If you have zero cards by the start of your next turn, you win the game and have that as like a, a winning condition. And um, yeah, it was surprisingly, you know, based on a uh, an animation series that I've no particular interest in, based on a game which uh, I love to begin with, but certainly lost his um, lost its sort of flavour very early on in Flux. Muffin Time became kind of like when we sat around the table, everyone was just like, right. Let's play Muffin Time, hmm. which is a massive step up from let's play Cards Against Humanity. And so I was very, very, mm. very, very happy. The question I've got, Sam, is, and you've yeah. kind of preempted some of that really, is that like the thing about this is I imagine it's a game that you deliberately play once in a blue moon where enough time has passed where you forget some of those trap words, say, for example. Is that is that correct? Or are there... For every card that's put down, there's an opposite card, so you're never quite sure. The example you gave about the mother-in-law with the card yeah. on her forehead, you're not. Are, are most cards having that kind of dual I, purpose, or I, 
I don't know. There's about 150 cards in the deck. We did... Um, the first playthrough is is quite magical. Like, it is... A, like, that, that surprise, that shock, that feeling of that it's anticipated every turn, that mm. you're doing all these, like, little mini-games, like, who can hold their breath for longest around the table. Like, it feels like... It feels like it's more than a card game. It's like, you know, it's Sounds a party great. starter. It's not just, you know, we're flux where you like put a card down and everyone like leans over and like every one of us, every time we're just sitting there smug with a great action card to play or a trap card waiting to go there, like everyone was just itching um, to play their turn. Uh, however, the, the second and third games, though they were still fun, a, a lot of the surprise and the, and the, um, and that element of the new um, had dissipated. There are two expansions that you can get, um, which I think I am going to buy just just you know to bring some freshness in. And they also come with uh, blank cards as well, each expansion. So I feel like yeah, I, I I'm I'm sort of I think like if Muffin Time sounds like the game for you, like I would play it once and then i'd really hold off the temptation to play it again because i feel like the more that you can withhold and like just keep the secrets within the box like the better the game is long term which funnily enough reminds me quite a bit of cards against humanity of the more you Mm. play it the more that that you know humor aside like the joy of that game is the like shock like it it is the surprise i can't believe it said that i I can't can't believe exactly that and and it's funny that that's a game that you play it for a couple of hours and you're just like by the end of it you're like yeah all right yeah okay that's funny and and the more you play that game it, it that happens a lot but then these are party games right like they they should be yeah to some degree they are like events if you know what I mean like they they are things that are only come out once in a while they're not a thing that you're gonna you know you're not gonna play that every single night because it just it isn't designed for it no my my father-in-law really railed against it for a long time but he went from like absolutely loving it to absolutely hating it like nearly every single round perfect and it was really great to see because he'd be sitting there one minute going this is this is rubbish what is this game there's no there's no strategy this is absolutely oh this is absolute pants no i'm not playing this this is rubbish and then the next minute you turn around he'd be sitting there with a great big grin on his face with some cards in front of him and like when we played it for another time, there's a card in it where he put it down and just stood up and walked away and we all looked up and read it and went, action card. You may end your turn and leave the game if you so wish. <laughs> wow. Just went, he just like cracked open a beer and went to go and watch the <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Thank you. What have I done now? Uh, you've sent me a lovely gift uh, for myself and Alex to uh, enjoy together. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called It Takes Two. It is. Um, I find, as I get older and have more time in the business that I'm in, uh, that I have, that I have <laughs> the business that we call show. The we call show. Uh, as as it's funny, as you go more into working in the games industry, you often end up playing less games. Yeah. Um. And uh. And I I don't think playing less games is a thing that I've done because of being in the games industry. But I tell you what, I definitely have 
not been doing a whole lot of and that is keeping an eye on the websites that I used to frequent like every single day and I just haven't been keeping up to date with like the hot new game. Um, and I just keep hearing about It Takes Two. Like I just keep hearing about it. People be like, gotta play it. It's amazing. Really good fun. Really inventive. Like it's that and and the game Outriders. Like, uh, you know, I think we talked about like a, a couple of episodes back, but like just that thing of like, I just didn't know these were things that were coming out. Just, <laughs> just you know, brand new, huge, really exciting things. The zeitgeist is really just passing you by, isn't it? it? Just, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it's bonkers as well because this is an EA game. This isn't even just like some weird teensy-weeny, like, you know, indie game that no one cares about that's on itch.io. Um, like, but like... This is like from Hazelight, right? Which is the people who did, I want to say Brothers? They, yeah. So a few of them did Brothers, Tale of Two Sons, and then they formed right. the studio Hazelight and did um, A Way Out, which oh, da- yeah. Dan, and I, Dan and I are actually nearly finishing. I've played it with each and every one of you. Yeah. And and Dan and who's I the best? nearly finishing. Yeah, who's the best, Chris? It's really interesting, and this is indicative of Hazelight games. Every time I play that game, I discover something new in it, and I think It Takes Two is another example of this. Well, that that's a that's a, a elegant dodge. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. diplomatic mm-hmm. answer. Yes, I all love yep. you all equally, um, some more than others. And it's it's <laughs> it's like it's like a, uh, and again, it's it's it, it, it's a game that is just bonkers. So Sam and I first played this together. And and I'm not going to bury the lead here, but there are times where I said to Sam, oh, I'm, well, we should talk about this on the pod next week. And Sam was like, hang on, just wait. We play it again. Actually, no, whoa, I'm really glad we held off. I'm definitely going to talk about it next week. And Sam's like, hang on, just wait. And <laughs> honestly, it is one of the most extraordinary co-op experiences. I don't think I've had a co-op experience like this. And I was saying to Sam, between me and him, the last time we had an experience like this, where we would kind of felt we'd gone on this journey together, and we'd learnt a lot about each other and had really felt that this was cooperative in the truest sense was probably when we played Journey together. And that was a long time mm-hmm. ago for wow. me personally. Wow. Um, so Hazelight have started to now cultivate this reputation of being like the go-to people for kind of co-op stuff. A way out, it, it, it is a little bit shonky in places, mainly with regards to its narrative, which is a little bit laughable, which I do adore, genuinely mm. adore. It, it yeah. has that kind of cliched... 80s buddy action narrative i think it knows it's cliched though it's that's the thing i can't work it out it's either so on the nose it's brilliant or it's tosh yeah it's it's one of the two things either brilliantly written or super badly written but but the rhythm of it i've always found so fascinating like there's a sequence in a way out where you've just you know spoilers you break out of prison and you are you find your way (laughs) into this couple's home and you're borrowing their clothing you've kept them locked up there Oh, that's so. But good. you could. But a game gives you the opportunity to play that horseshoe throwing game. You know, this isn't the time to kind of dilly dally. The police are going to be there <laughs> any moment. But the game thinks, oh, actually, maybe you might quite like this. Um, mm. Play a game of this. Um, Dan and I last night were in a hospital sequence where we took a little bit of time out to compete with each other to see who could balance the longest on a wheelchair. Yeah, and the game just gives it. I mean, it's bonkers, and it takes two, takes this even further. So it, this is a full 16 to 20 hour game, two player. Mm-hmm. So Sam and I played this online. And again, nice little touch. Only one of us needed to pay for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, Sam bought the game. We actually split it between us. But anyone can just download the demo version. And as long as they've got a pal who, physically, who owns the game, 
they can play with them, the full game. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, there's a few companies that do this now, and I think that's amazing. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Um, so a slightly different kind of theme. So what you have here is that characters, you play as the characters, Cody and May, whose um, marriage is a little bit on the rocks at the moment. And um, <laughs> understatement. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's a debate even at the end of the game whether they should still be married. Oh gosh, or no! Not. I have so many issues with this. Um, <laughs> and they have a daughter, Rose, who, and I mean this with the greatest will in the world, daughter who is one of the scariest gaming characters I've ever seen. Just this very um, deadpan, uh, almost uh, slightly cold delivery of okay oh well and i will go off and play and it's just like oh. and she builds and it, it but underneath this there's this kind of sadness really because she's built these little dolls of her parents and through this kind of play acting kind of almost narrative therapy she's acting out a scenario where there it's a, it's a happy loving family once again and some kind of weird kind of classic kind of disney magic occurs where the parents wake up and oh no they're in the bodies of these dolls and they go on this epic journey to try and um, make their way out of this conundrum they've got themselves into. Meanwhile, their daughter is just completely oblivious to their mum and dad comatose for like uh, mm. 16 to 20 yeah. hours on the sofa. They're just going, oh, okay. And um, the um, what gives this kind of quest a little bit of a structure is, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> One of the most, I'm not even going to say divisive, every review I've seen of this game just really doesn't like this character, Dr. Hakim, who is a book, um, a book who, strangely with a moustache um, and strange arms. Have you seen the film The Page Master? Yes, a very good example. Yeah, yeah. very good touchstone yes. there. Yeah. And he is, a, it's a, re, a relationship therapy book and he takes you through the different stages of, you know, it's, it's basically marriage counselling, the video game. See, this is one thing that kind of concerns. So I've 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 heard about this game, I've not played it, and I am very tempted to try and see if my wife will play as well because I think it would be a great cooperative. Oh, experience. you would love it. But I'm just mm -hmm. trying to judge how you approach. Let's play this game, all about kind of relationship counselling and stuff like that, without her getting the wrong idea. Can I? I I will field I'll field this question, Chris. Um, because within the first five minutes, you'll realise um, in the the shockingly written dialogue <laughs> and the absolutely atrocious um, um, acting and storyline that um, these are possibly two people who, who who should just not be together. And it's it's quite reassuring to be like, yeah, we're not like that. We're cool. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, this is different to say Fog of Love, the board game, which is a game about couples. But apparently, a lot of people say couples wouldn't really enjoy playing yeah. it. But this is completely different. It's not going to be asking you questions and you have to fill in the gaps. And it's not about knowing your partner. Actually, what's really interesting about it is it uses that conceit to engage with cooperative gameplay. So um, you have this kind of pattern in which you work your way through different sections. You then encounter the book. You learn a lesson. And and I was re-watching a review today about this, and they say, yeah, they put it very succinctly that actually you see this character, Dr. Hakim, the book, you get irritated by him, but also you're quite happy because it means then you're about to get a new mechanic as, mm. you know, as your cooperative pair. And what right. I really, really love is that rather than getting that building up of skills and mechanics, 
what happens is you just have a particular mechanic your character has, and it's different to... So Cody and May have different um, um, play styles, different me- um, gameplay mechanics that complement each other. So straight away, I'm playing this game, oh, I want to play as Cody next time. A bit like mm-hmm. with A Way Out. Oh, I want to play as Leo next time. Mm-hmm. And... And what I love is that once you finish that section, you don't have to remember that mechanic anymore. Something new will come and take its place. So to give you an example, you start off in the shed of the house because this takes place as miniature dolls in and around the house, but it feels epic and grandiose. You've got these beautiful same sweeping vistas. It just so happens you're seeing it from a micro perspective. So Basically like the borrowers. Yeah, basically, basically the borrowers, yeah. So in the shed, for example, one of the characters has a nail gun, the other has a hammer. You can kind of already see possible puzzles that can be solved there Um, in another instance when we're in the tree one of you has a sap gun and for some strange reason that sap is flammable it's okay because the other character has a rocket launcher and then you get another instance where and I think the the one that is doing the rounds that's talked about the most as being not only a really cool mechanic but thematically plays into it is the magnets you know there's a section where you play two opposing parts of the magnets opposingly charged and okay, I can kind of see stories there. But honestly, like just the genres this game tackles. I don't want to spoil it all. No, I I, I, th- I feel like I feel like we sport enough, but like Pete, if I was to tell you and Dan that when you play it takes two, you will probably encounter something from uh, a game that you've liked in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, <laughs> it, honestly, honestly, like, how do you... But, get, there were moments where I was saying to Sam, like, did this actually happen? Am I actually looking at what mm-hmm. you're looking at here? We, we played this mainly at night before, before we went to bed, and every single time I had a dream about playing It Takes Two. Okay. And I'd wake up and I would genuinely not know what was the dream and what me and Chris had just played because this game is majestically, brilliantly perfectly bonkers like the story aside which is like really not haze lights forte like the narrative the questionable accents like when you're actual the moment to moment gameplay might actually be some of the best if not the best cooperative gameplay i have ever played Agreed. and 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 like i don't want to sound too hyperbolic about this but if you have a partner or a friend that you can play games with, then it takes two is like the must buy. Yeah. You will genuinely be sitting there going, I can't believe this is happening. And and not only does it gender not only does it genre swap, not only does it mechanical blend, not only does it, you know, balance everything that's going on so superbly, but Every single genre and every single mechanic that it dabbles in does it perfectly. Yeah. It does it absolutely how you would expect it to. And it feels each one, each the moment-to-moment gameplay just feels absolutely pitch perfect. And like me me and Chris just could not like we had to and and again this is gonna sound really hyperbolic and overblown, but we genuinely had to go, we've got to stop playing this game. Because the the pacing was such that we'd you know have a blast doing something, and then it'd be 
that it'd be suddenly like, open a door and here's the next wonderful thing behind mm, it, yeah. children. And it was just like, Chris, no, I can't no. walk through that door because okay. if I do, we are here for another couple of hours and it's already two yeah. o'clock in the morning and we have to stop. Mm. And I think like that is the best testament I can give I can yeah. give to this game that it just it, it it I I I don't know how they've done it but I said to Chris while we were playing I said it's like they've gone around the studio and gone hey what do you like yeah yeah it's going in have you seen that Dan will know what I'm talking about there's a there's a Keenan and not Keenan and Cal there's a, <laughs> Orange Soda <laughs> yeah uh, there's a um, um, Keenan and Cal Key and Peel there's a Key and Peel sketch um, where it's like this it's set in a Hollywood 80s uh, movie office and a guy comes in and pitches Gremlins 2 and and it's basically like and it's basically yeah. like yeah it's going in the movie it's going and everything he says no matter how audacious and it's like all real stuff that happens in Gremlins 2 like he says yeah it's going in the movie it's and he's like really what what even that he's like yeah going in the movie <laughs> and it's like it it takes two generally feels like oh what's your what was your favorite game going up all right oh yeah yeah it's going in. <laughs> I, I, one thing I should say as well, like, um, and I think Pete, you'd really enjoy this. It has got probably some of the most darkly comic boss fights. Oh my! Oh, oh it's got body horror. Oh my, yeah, <laughs> honestly, and we were not expecting that. Given the light-hearted nature, I mean, the fact is, you're playing with dolls, and it is really cute and cuddly and innocent. But there are some moments that just completely take you unawares. Uh, yeah. Honestly, and uh, just you, you don't know whether to laugh or be horrified because it's like it's like me and Chris would turn to each other and go I can't believe we did that and then we turn to each other and go I can't <laughs> we can't did believe that. we did right. that sure yeah <laughs> and I, I would love I would really love to just be there to watch you witness yeah, those yeah, moments yeah me too like Dan like, I would love to play this with you I, I'd like it's, and, and it's testament again a bit like a way out as soon as I played a way out it wasn't that okay I'm done with that I don't ever want to play it again I've played that game three times and <laughs> I'm happy. I'd happily do that again with it takes two. Honestly, like it, you always feel useful, and I love. And I never get tired of those conversations of, oh yeah, yeah, you go over there, and if you do that, that means I can do this, and you always feel useful. And mm-hmm. and again, it, they've really, I think they've really sewn up the market, Hazelight, as being the go-to company for these kinds of experiences, and I, I cannot wait for what they do next because I don't know how they could top this other than narrative. Other than yeah, a better story. You know those you know those things that you watch and you listen to or you read or you play and you finish them and you hear someone else is gonna play it or watch it or read it. And your first thought is the first thing you say to them is I'm so jealous you get to experience that for the first time yeah. again. That discovery, that feeling of discovery. Like the reason why I posted our copy to you and Pete Alex and the thing and the reason why I think Dan you should play this with Holly is that I would I would be sitting there basically just like we're not gonna believe that we no we we're not gonna believe what happens next. Like I, I would just generally wouldn't be able to contain myself with like the amount of sheer joy and shock <laughs> in equal measure that you would experience playing this game. It's, it's interesting that one of the things that I've kind of learned from doing this stuff recently and, and over the last year or so, last couple of years, I suppose, is how much I really value um, 
like good storytelling. And it was really interesting that you were talking about, you know, it takes two and a way out and stuff like that. And these huge budget games and these things that are with, you know, EA and stuff like that. And they have these budgets and yet still the storytelling is like, eh, or, uh, or, or worse than, eh, like it, bad, actively bad at times. Um, and I, I've really noticed recently a lot um, in games where the story has just like really not grabbed me or it's been like, oh, this is a real clunker. Uh, a friend of mine at work, uh, Matt, uh, put me onto a game called Wide Ocean Big Jacket and didn't really tell me much about it. I just said, you just got to go and play it for the story. All right. Um, and it is one of these uh, games that is on itch.io and looks like it's on itch.io. Uh, itch.io has this kind of like indie look to the whole thing where you're like, ah, this, ah, this is super, super indie and, and, and kitschy and, and I'm sure it's fun, but it just doesn't, it feels a bit, that whole platform just feels really, really, it sounds really mean to say it, but like really rough and ready at times. Um, mm -hmm. Charming. It, it has a, a charm of its own. I wouldn't necessarily say it's charming. Um, but but um, this game is... It, it goes beyond that, and it goes into a realm of games that I think is way more important. This It goes into the realm of games like The Graveyard, for example, um, mm -hmm. and it goes into realm of games like uh, Journey and um, these kinds of games that are definitely a pure artistic experience and unabashedly so and is trying very very focused on a small number of things trying to get them done really well in a really meaningful uh emotionally affecting way um this is by turn follow um and uh, I, I'd not really heard of them before, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I don't know if it's done particularly well. Um, it doesn't seem to have had too many reviews on Steam, and that's usually a good indicator of how well it's done. Maybe it's done okay. It's on Steam, it's on Switch, it's on Itch. Um, and it's an hour? I think it's about an hour long. Yeah, no, not, no longer than that. No yeah. longer than that. Um, and it is about a family of sorts... Uh, an extended family of sorts, uh, but for just four people, and they go on a uh, camping trip, and it takes place over a, a small number of days, and it features um, uh, an uncle and an aunt, um, and uh, Maud, who is this uh, um, probably the daughter everyone wants. Like, like she is like super <laughs> knows what she wants and is very, um, speaks her mind. Very, very cool character. And, uh, someone called Ben, uh, who is her boyfriend of sorts. Um, and he's very, very shy and reserved and clearly is a bit of a weird kid. Um, uncle Brad is kind of cool. He's the, he's the uncle that you remember and think, oh yeah, he was really cool when I was growing up. Um, and, uh, Cloanne, who's the, the, uh, the aunt, uh, she's really cool as well. Like she smokes cigarettes and they both drink beers and, you know, and, and like the game is kind of has this really, f really neat flat shaded, 2D art style that is 3D 2D flat shaded but 3D art style it's kind of a walking sim 
Yeah, um, that's what struck me about it when I looked at it, trailers of it. It, it. It's kind of a walking sim. The amount of interactions that you have is really, really limited. It's mostly like pressing a single button to interact with something, but you can move around the space. Um, but the, the thing that really, that I love about it is how efficient it is. So it doesn't mm -hmm. waste any single moment of your time. It is an hour long and yep. it does not outstay its welcome. It is a perfectly timed video game. It has just enough mechanics to last an hour. It has just enough of a story and character development to last that hour and make make that effective, like, like emotionally effective, right? Like it tries to tell a small condensed story about a girl and a boy who are kind of figuring out how the world works around them. It's a bit of a coming of age, uh, a mini coming of age thing. And then an uncle and an aunt who are, they have their own relation, they have this relationship and there is a, a an aspect of their relationship that they don't quite agree on. Um, and that's all the game is interested in telling. That's all the story it's interested in telling. Um, there's a bit where you can watch some birds. There's a bit where you meet some mean kids. There's a bit <laughs> where you have to put a tent up. But like, but all of these things are really simple interactions, and and it moves the story forward. It is all just, um, I, 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 the the phrase I want to use is directed. It feels like a movie in so much as. It cuts when it doesn't need... You don't need to be walking two miles in a big open world to get from here to here. They just give you a vignette. And they say, this is all you need to see of this scene. Have the conversation. This moves forward. Okay, next scene, next day. Um, it's... Yeah. I, I think that this game... That that economy of storytelling is... is Remarkable. Is absolutely like the game's, the game's forte. Yeah. Um, especially when compared to a game that I think some of us are playing at the minute, which is Call of the Sea. Yeah. And um, like, I've actually um, written down the opening bit of dialogue from Call of the Sea to give an example of like when this is done really badly and what um, <laughs> and what Wide Ocean Big Jacket does really well. So in in Call of the Sea, the main protagonist wakes up and goes, "Huh, my horrible dreams again." I've had them repeatedly ever since mother died and left me that music box in her will. And it's like... That's an exposition. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like, there is so much of that information that could have been done from, like, the character has a journal, for example, and there's lots of, like, environmental exploration hmm. that's, that's, you know, encourages part of that game. There's so much of that dialogue and that information that could have been done, you know, without that character saying a word. She could have just said, oh, that dream again, and then yep. left you your own devices. Wide Ocean Big Jacket is kind of, like, the perfect example of, like, how to do... Um, video game dialogue to make it sound natural and to make it sound it's not like leading the player or or telling the player where to go or how to feel or what to do yeah and 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 i think i think the thing that this that this um surf that this game surfaces is this idea of not wasting the player's time and like <laughs> Like to me, I, I knew this is something you'd fixate on, Pete. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. I loved it because because 
I and I know I've talked about this a lot, and and yeah, sure. I'm, I'm you know, if I was, um, you know, if I was uh, fourteen or something like that, I'd be furious if a game was forty five minutes long because I want a game that is a hundred hours and I can replay it three times, and because you know that's my game for the year, right? But but as somebody with some disposable income, I and not a lot of time, what I want is a cool new experience. Like I want novelty to some degree like i want to see something new and i want to have my time respected and i feel like white ocean big jacket does that by essentially essentially doing a um what's that what's that indie movie and there's like a beauty pageant and they drive little around miss sunshine one of my favorite little films. miss sunshine like it feels a little a little bit like that in that like it has that kind of indie spirit yeah. about it and it is trying to tell this very condensed story with these very definitive characters but it doesn't do that game that that really tedious game thing of like oh this is only an hour long oh people are going to be furious about this well let's let's make it so that you walk for 25 minutes to get from point you a to point b you have to go and collect to... some shells right yeah oh and it, and it just it doesn't that stuff never, ever, ever is actually valuable as a player. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do any of this. Whereas White Ocean Big Jacket is like, here are some very simple mechanics. Here is a very simple story. We're just going to tell it beautifully. And we're going to, at the end of that, you're going to be like, God, I want to play another one of these. I can't wait for the next one. Drum roll. Yeah, drum roll, please. Let's make someone's dreams come true. What, what's that from? Uh, I just made it up. Oh, wow. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> to be fair, no, well, that does sound like an early 90s... Um, like Des O'Connor show. De Des O'Connor or Brian Connolly hosted like, let's make somebody's dreams. Let's come make true. somebody's dreams come true. Come yeah, on it's, down. it's definitely hosted by one of the, like a variety entertainer who sings yeah. and dances. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, uh, we're gonna give away. We did a competition last week, didn't we? Yeah, last time. Um, we did, and it was what was it we, for? We imagined a timeline where um, we got given a copy of Forks in the Timeline. Nice. On brand. Uh, <laughs> uh, to give away to someone uh, who followed all the rules. Yep. And there, there were loads um, of rules. And there were loads of rules on the Instagram um, post I put up. Mm -hmm. um, and I have, I am ready to pick a winner mm -hmm. from um, that pile. Mm -hmm. I've got a little hat. Mm -hmm. I've put all the names in the hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now I'm going to pick a winner. Is that okay with everybody? Please do. Next yeah. time I'd like us to use a tombola, but yeah, let's go. Okay. okay. <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do whilst I pick? Uh, Pete's going to make up the rest of the jingle. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay. I'm going to come up with the rest of the lyrics. Basically. Jerry's always wanted to to run his own pub for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and this time you can win this beautiful Zanussi washing machine. <laughs> Yeah, but I always thought that make their dreams come true isn't about winning stuff. It's about um, helping people realise their lifelong ambitions. Like, John's always wanted to drive a, a, a steam train in Haworth. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. And then it's cut to, like, John looking really happy yeah, to tooting yeah. while a baby sh** in yeah. the corner. Barry's always <laughs> wanted to highly embarrass his himself on a quiz show on national television. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm, I'm going to pick. Yeah. I'm going to pick. Okay. Okay. 
Good Foley. Thanks. And it is ink and celluloid. Who? Ink and, ink and celluloid. celluloid. Ink and celluloid. Nice. Congratulations to you. Um, Both of you. I will be um, getting in touch um, shortly to arrange a receipt of said game. But congratulations. Thank you to everyone yes. who um, who entered the um, competition. Um, hopefully you'll stick around to see all the great stuff that we do put on Instagram. Mm. I am quite I, I do quite like our Instagram page. I feel it's I think it's um, our best one. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest with you. I think <laughs> our I, best our best Instagram page. It's, it's definitely it's definitely the best because you get to see nice pictures of things and then me talking about hardcore 1970s battle games. Uh, that's true. So that's nice. That's a nice mix. Yeah, and me making weird stop motion animation um yeah, of that games. That was fun. Yeah, that's good. Yep. No. Um, well, nice one. Well done. Thank you very much to everybody well to enter for entering. And we'll bring yeah. you another competition. I don't know. Some point, maybe. In about two years. Yeah. Yeah. Another competition. In Why a not? Years. Just nice. imagine the jingle for that one. Let's make some dreams come true. Yeah. I don't think producers would take much of a gamble on a quiz show that does one episode every two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those dreams, you yeah. know. Yeah. Su- Suzanne's always want Suzanne's always wanted to work on an A and E ward. <laughs> <laughs> Francesco's always wanted to own a bouncy castle, and today we're going to find out. <laughs> If he can make that dream come true, making dreams come true. Uh. <laughs> I came here with nothing. <laughs> I've had a lovely day. Everyone's been really nice to me. Oh, uh, dear. <laughs> well, what a way to end the show, making someone's dreams come true specifically in celluloid's dream to own a copy of forks in the timeline uh i will be getting in touch very shortly uh with you to arrange uh packaging and delivery and all that kind of stuff so just hold on tight if i haven't been in touch with you yet i will be shortly Anyway, thanks for listening to this show. On it were Peter Willington, Daniel Frost, Chris Darby, and myself, Sam Turner. Please share the show and what you love about it with your friends, your family, your colleagues, anyone you think might be interested in just hearing us talk about board games, video games, uh, films and movies and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that we like to do when we're just enjoying each other's company. Hopefully, now that things are sort of opening up a little bit now in the United Kingdom... Um, you'll be able to share some things that we've been talking about over the last few months, over the last year probably, with those around you. So don't forget to check into our back catalogue of episodes uh, to see what we've been recommending. If uh, you don't want to do that much of a deep dive, then you can just go to Board Game Geek and Steam, where we've got curated pages, which collects every video game, every board game that we've spoken about on the show, the episode um, that we mentioned it so if you're looking for you know a quick recommendation or something and you're going to be getting it together with people for the first time or you're looking for a new video game to play um, while you've got a bit of time to yourself then check out one of those pages or just listen to um, a random episode of the podcast you've not listened to before stayinginpodcast.com has all the details has all the links staying in pod on twitter on facebook on instagram 
is our social media pages where we're always throwing up uh, videos and pictures of what we're up to links to the show all that kind of stuff so make sure you like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff ring the notification bell i don't know what that means but people always say it anyway thank you so much for enjoying the show please share take care out there follow the advice that's around you and hopefully uh, you'll be able to share something nice with someone that you love or like very very shortly anyway goodbye from me bye bye